Hello, bonsoir, and hello there, sorry, and welcome to the Get French Football preview show. Um, I'm Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening is Adam White. We are heading towards the end of the season, and the games are coming thick and fast, including a cup final this weekend. But who will be likely to lift silverware, and who might be still worrying and thinking about that game for many years to come? All of that and more after a brief look our latest headlines. No midweek games in league are this week, but there will be next midweek due to the cup final. But the big piece of news actually comes from the refereeing side of things, as it has been confirmed that Stephanie Frappard will be refereeing the upcoming Amiens Strasbourg game, thereby becoming the first female referee to take charge of a league uh, match. The female referee has already been refereeing for a, a few months within League 2, but this will be the first time a female has refereed a match in the top flight of French football. That is all for now, but for all the latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start tonight with the big game of the weekend, and that's going to be the Coupe de France final between Paris Saint-Germain and Rennes, with the um, Paris heading for their third um, third cup of the season, their trifecta in the, the, in the national stage, at least while Rennes... In all honesty, Adam, have probably been preparing for this one ever since they won the semi-final against Lyon. It's been a bit of a, a dire affair of things in Liga. At least there's not many players that could necessarily say they've they've nailed down a place with their form within France at the moment. But it, it's absolutely massive this game for them. Not just because it's a chance at silverware, but it's really the only chance to get into Europe now as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It really is. And uh, I don't know if there's been a bit of a Strasbourg situation where when Strasbourg qualified for the Coupe de Ligue final, they sort of switched off a little bit in the league and were a little bit less intense, played a little bit with less intensity than in their league games with sort of a uh, one eye on that final. And maybe the, a similar things happened to Rennes. And, and that's perfectly fair enough because, you know, down in 11th with 43 points, they're what, if fifth is the, the, the sort of the lowest place that gets into Europe, they're not making that. They're 11 points back with, with five games left. So this is really their season here and now. And uh, although I think they've made progress in a number of areas this year, you know, they did, did okay in Europe, uh, got out of the group, they actually probably did better than okay, did did probably, you know, at least met expectations, maybe maybe even more, um, and and gave Arsenal a really good game. Brilliant against Betis in that game, uh, at the, uh, at the especially at the Benito Villa, Villa Marine, and... and um, Fully deserve to get to get into the latter stages, and I, for me, for a club like Ren, that's real progress. But I think the thing that um, next, sort of next on their list, is is sustaining that that progress and sustaining them as a European club. And now this is really their only chance to to for the, in the short term to to maintain that momentum. So yeah, it's a really big game for them, and um, it's obviously a very difficult one to win. But there are. You know, there's an opportunity there for them here, given the way PSU have been playing. Okay, there's been injuries and and, and so on, but um, there's an opportunity for him there, however, maybe slightly small, for them to get a result and continue that that progress. So yeah, it's huge, and it's no surprise that a league form has suffered a little bit as a result. Yeah, and it's it's a catch twenty two, isn't it? Like you said, though, the the progress they've made this season by reaching the the semi well, sorry, the, uh, the the sort of round of sixteen in the Europa League and and pushing this far into the Coupe de France final, it's it's a real positive. But at the same time, the fact that they've slipped up in the league last couple of weeks, the the draw against Angers, they were maybe a little bit unlucky. Um, they they were 
beaten pretty comfortably by Neem really in the the re- rearranged fixture at least anyway they, they they really should have done a lot better in that one um they weren't great against Nice. They were pretty lucky for it to be three-two. To be fair, against Dijon, I thought Dijon were the, were the better side and deserved the three points in the end. And the problem is now they've slipped to eleventh, and there's it's a frustrating one because they can't. They're not even in a position to recover should they lose the Coupe de France final to recover and find a European spot to maintain some of this great progress as well. And, and even worse if they do come out of this cup final with a loss and and continue the poor form in the league they could drop as low as feasibly 13th with no rising and, and Angers only two points behind them there's not a great deal of um, resistance to the fact that they might finish 13th and then you look at this season overall a Coupe de France finally Europa League but a 13th place position and you think whether they have sort of gone forwards or whether they've had to take an extra step back as well because it's great progressing in the Europa League it was a, a fantastic season I'm sure a lot of Rem fans would have enjoyed it, but not to be there next season sort of defeats the point of any sort of advancement you've made there already. So it, it weighs heavily on them, really, this game. A lot heavier than it should do. Is usually the pressure should weigh heavily on PSG because they've won this cup plenty of times in recent memory and they always think that should they not win the Champions League, they'd have to, almost absolutely have to guarantee a, a, a national double a treble. Sorry, and that's obviously apologies, my mistake earlier. They, that's not going to happen because of the Coupe de la Ligue final. So Tuchel will be right up for this one to get another trophy in the bank for not just for him, but to make sure the season doesn't seem like a, a complete failure. Because if they do lose this final, one cup, a disappointing Champions League exit, a frustrating. Um, on the domestic cup competition side of things, it it, it starts to look like a, a slightly worse season than it has been, uh, to the eye at least, uh, for this season for PSG, Adam. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's that's kind of the interesting thing. It's kind of about perception, isn't it, a little bit, this game for PSG. It's about how their season is perceived rather than how it's actually gone. Because, OK, if they were to lose, you know, the Coupe de France final to Rennes, a team they're expected to beat, that would be... From their point of view, verging on disastrous because they obviously had that horrendous defeat to Gangon, which obviously is coloured by those three penalties that were given um, against them, and they lost that game two one and went out for a cup there. You know they're expected to win, and I think um, obviously losing this game would be bad. But I think that it's quite low down on PSG's list of priorities. But should they lose, it obviously makes headlines. And I think Thomas Tuchel said um, earlier this week. Um, that you know that their priority is to win the, the the double. That's like their their sort of bread and butter, if you like, implying that you know that's their minimum. They have to win um, the the league and at least one cup. And uh, under Unai Emery, I I got the impression that was the case as well. That's sort of a club stated aim. And and as I just said, you know, they're out of the didn't win the coupe de league, lost to Gangol. So this is their kind of only opportunity left to to meet minimum expectations if you like which is a ridiculous situation to be in where you know winning a double is the least it's expected of you um so yeah if they were to lose there is that issue there is that kind of perception that that it hasn't been a good season but um you could argue that does would does the coupe de france in itself really matter to psg is does it does it show that they're progressing as a club? No, because they've won it five times in a row the last few seasons. Does it show they're regressing if, as a club if they don't win it? Probably not, because they've got bigger fish to fry, if you like. So although it would be it would be you know pretty bad if they if they didn't win it, but I, I still think that in terms of how how in truth how you know how the club are actually progressing, this isn't really a barometer of that. What what is what is sort of what what does signify that would be 
you know, the, the Champions League, which obviously was a bit of a disastrous defeat to Manchester United. But before that, they were showing progress. So I would argue that although that was a horrendous evening, perhaps the worst in their short history, that, that there is some sign of progress there. I think they've been better until the last sort of four games. They've been better in the league than they have been under Kurosai, at least in the in the, the time I've been covering the league, which is which is sort of five or six seasons now. They 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 look um they look a lot stronger, a lot more tactically varied, and a lot like they're capable of handling different situations. And the first twenty nine games, they won twenty six of them, which which is is quite something. And and although they've had great seasons like that before, there was there wasn't the security perhaps and the the, the the absoluteness of those those wins that that they they manage. So there are they are progressing, but it's kind of under the surface, and it's not the kind of progression that that makes headlines or that you know that we might talk about all that much. So it's kind of a bit of a duality this game for PSG. If, if they you know as I said, if they if they were to lose it, it makes a lot of headlines and it looks really bad. But overall, Turk was staying. I don't, he's not going anywhere. Um, a lot of the squad is is is. It's kind of decided for next season, and they've they've got their they've got their basis of those Liverpool and Napoli wins and the way they've played in the league. So, it's 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 interesting to see what will happen if they were to lose it. Would it be branded as a disaster by the club, or they sort of you know look back to those those sort of instances I just mentioned? But I think it's it's more about how people see PSG than how PSG see themselves. Is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I think perception is the perfect word to use, really, Adam, on that one. I think you nailed it on the head because the interesting thing for them will be the casual viewer will will who maybe just follows their, their national league really and looks at the results of other ones after at the end of the season and goes, Oh, Paris Saint-Germain obviously won the league, but oh, that's surprising. They didn't win the cup competitions. You can see in previous years that they have, a, are they slipping? Are they not showing the dominance? And that, I think that's the perception that they have a, a stranglehold on French football is that is incredibly important to them. I think then with the, clear monetary advantages where they have five, ten times the budget of anyone else, really. They, they have to show that they have a dominant position and that slipping even slightly puts them under pressure, much like it did when Monaco won the title. It forced them to spend 300 million euros worth of talent to try and regain that that strength and the, the perception to everyone else. Because you look around Europe now, you look at, uh, you look at Barcelona, it looks like they're going to at least going to probably get a domestic double. They're almost guaranteed for the title and then the final of the Couple del Rey. And they look at, in England, the Manchester City are in the league, uh, the FA Cup final and are favourites for the title, even though Liverpool are breathing down the next. Bayern Munich are in pole position or in the DFB Pokal final. Um, Juventus are probably the only outlier in this one where they've won the, the Coppa Italia a number of times in the last couple of years, but are out even on the quarterfinals this season. So it's all about perception, isn't it? The, knowing how strong your team is and looks to to those across Europe that mainly catch a couple of games or, or sort of glance at the results at least anyway and it's it's not going to be going to pit a particularly good image for them at least if the first year under Tuchel they only manage one title and that puts extra pressure on him next summer I know we say his position is safe really for, for, for this year there's no doubt he's going to return next season but with the results he's got with his willingness to sort of bait those above them you may say with the with with his comments and with his his, his team selection you wouldn't be surprised if if next season if if there is a a bit of a downturn or another disappointment in the Champions League that the axe might start swinging above his head again and that's got to be a real really for for the for the team at least and the fans at least that they will be making the same mistakes again but it's going to be a, a really interesting set piece 
on Saturday night. I'm really looking forward to it and hoping, well, fingers crossed at least. I think the head's saying that Paris Saint-Germain will win, but the heart is hoping that Ren can make it a nice, interesting game of it in the minimum. But what what's your prediction on this one, Adam? What do you think the score will be? I think it'd be close. I think there's a there's a Ben Arthur element to be had here. So I'm going to mm. say high scoring and say 3-2 to PSG. I'm going to go the other way around. I'm going to go three to Ren, and uh, oh, simply because you've mentioned Ben Arfa there, I've just I, I, I've I've thought all week. I think uh, it is the Ben Arfa revenge game, isn't it? And uh, cometh the man, cometh the hour. Does he maybe get a double in this game against the PSG side that thought he wasn't quite? the man to to be there and and get some revenge on them that'd be a real nice way for him to not just pick up some silverware but also to to gain a modicum of a of semblance against a, a club that he thought was going to be his his final stage but um is is proven otherwise uh, let's go to to league matters because there's some absolutely massive games at the bottom of the table and we'll come on to them in, one of them in just a moment but the important one that's happening first is on on Saturday and that's between Amiens and Strasbourg, like we mentioned earlier, it's going to be refereed by the first female referee of Ligue 1, which is great. But for Amiens, Adam, it's it's an interesting one because we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, oh, they've been great. They play attacking football with um, Musa Konate back and, and Godosh back in the side. They're playing, uh, they're getting some goals again. They're producing the form that we expect of them with that style and they, they're going to be all right. But slowly but surely with Dijon's result, They've slowly clawed them back into at least striking distance with them on 32 points and Dijon on 28 with the Dijon having the interesting game to come that we'll mention after this one. But this makes this game especially important for Amiens against the Strasbourg side that kind of have nothing to play for, which is always kind of that that's, that seesaw of either a club that will come out and play play with such freedom that they're incredibly difficult to beat or they're already on the beach but Amiens need points here don't they? Yeah they do it's we sort of excuse me they sort of we sort of wrote them off a little bit for for you know maybe wrote them off somewhere but they you know they were out we thought they were out of the relegation battle that seven point gap with what six or seven games to play at the time them and Monaco ahead of the bottom three who all looked pretty woeful um, it, you felt that the 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 only way any of those three, Gangon, Caen or Dijon, would stay up would be by the, the relegation playoff. And they were kind of fighting for that. And, you know, Monaco had improved under Jardim and, and Amion had improved under, well, with Canate and Godos back in the team. But Godos is out for some time. I think he's got an appendicitis and he's out for a few weeks. And um, and, and Canate uh, has, has had a huge effect, but they've their results sort of ground to a halt a little bit. And Dijon have, have hit a couple, uh, hit some some decent form at least, and closed that gap to four points. And although at one point Ambion seems safe, and Monaco as well to some extent seems safe, it now feels like, <clears throat> excuse me, it now feels like there's that there's that sort of spectre of relegation hanging over them again. And and although they have improved, their results might have ground halt a little bit, but their performances are definitely better. They're definitely a more dangerous team with Canati in the team. And and they look like getting results much more than they did in sort of January, February time when they were really struggling and they were really struggling to, to create chances and, and pose any attacking threat. So um, it is worrying for them because I don't think they deserve to get relegated. I think they're better than all those three teams in the bottom three. I think they've probably been better than a couple of teams above them overall this season. If you think like sort of Nantes, who've, who've hit some form as well, that recently Toulouse have been terrible and carried by Gradle. You know, that, that Amiens are, are good enough to be in this league. So it, it feels like that, that it's rather unfortunate from their point of view that they've been they, they've been sucked back into it. But they have. They really have been sucked back into it. And it's become 
um, it's become a relegation battle again. And, and Dijon and Caen, now they've hit a little bit of Dijon in particular, have hit a little bit of a little bit of form and, and they've started to pick up some results. They'll fancy themselves of of saying up automatically. So Amiwana in trouble, and, and you're absolutely right, it makes this game and I think it's what two more wins if they've got 32 points, two more wins, 38, they should be fine. But that's still two more wins from five games, which for a club like Amion in this league isn't isn't a given by any means. So it's going to be tough over the last five weeks and, and they'll be looking over their shoulders for sure. That's Yeah, that's the funny thing because you look back at their results and it's not like they've completely dipped out of form, really. I mean, the last five games, they've drawn four of them and, and lost one, which isn't ideal, but they've, they've not really fallen off a cliff at, at, at any point. The draw against Angers was nil-nil and a nil-nil against Bordeaux would have been disappointing. They were uh, a tad unfortunate in Saint-Étienne a, a couple of weeks ago as well and the draw against Dijon has, has sort of uh, an asterisk next to it with the with the uh, abuse from the from the fans at Dijon as well that they certainly marred that game at least and they were sort of steamrolled a little bit. I, th- I thought they were a little bit lucky for it to be three-two against Not at the weekend, and Not have really been good in the last couple of weeks. But I think it more states, much like we've talked about last year, maybe with uh, Angers, the the importance of three points over one because if in that period of five games they've obviously gained four points, where Dijon have won two and gained two points on them straight away, and that's how much of a difference it can be. And they've obviously taken um, a point from them in the in the draw as well. So the difference between simply grabbing a goal in a couple of the games and not grabbing that goal has been massive for them. And now, admittedly, some of these games coming up a, 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 a little bit, give them some options at least. Anyway, if they don't get a point at Strasbourg, they've got to lose at home in the next couple of weeks. They've got a gang on on the final day of the season at home. They've got Monaco who are still fighting in the mire with them and they're maybe a little bit lucky they've got the weekend off and, and play a potentially tired Ren team on, on Wednesday to try and break, big, make sure that they're plenty of distance away should Dijon win at the weekend. But no, they've slowly slipped into a bit of a, a, a strange one. Whereas Strasbourg, it must be fun being a Strasbourg fan at the moment because after that cup final, which was terrific for them, got some silverware, they're playing some right entertaining games. There's not been a single game they've been involved in that's not had at least four goals in the last four games since that cup final that was nil-nil, which is almost bears belief, really. The 4-0 one against Raz, the, the 2 all draw against PSG, a 3-3 draw against Gangomp, and the 3-1 loss at the weekend to Montpellier, which will, which will disappoint them because they have been in pretty decent form now. The shackles are sort of off them, it seems, at least anyway, and that's kind of the way they're playing at the moment. It's a bit free-flowing. It's a bit um, expressive. It's maybe not defensively sound in any kind of way, really, but it's certainly producing entertaining football. Yeah, it is. I kind of think this is this is um, almost almost expected of Strasbourg because because of the way their season has has gone. Um, you know, they they were playing this kind of football before they they qualified for the Europa, uh, that um, Coupe, the Coupe de League final. Sorry, um, uh, before. Before that happened, they were second top scorers in the league behind PSG. I think they might be again now, joint with Lyon. I think Lyon have got 55, they've got 55, and Lille have got 54. So um, it really shows that they, they're capable of scoring goals, they're capable of creating chances. And, you know, that, that 5-1 win at Monaco, for example, they've had some high-scoring draws this season. Um, and they were playing free-flowing football at that point. And we kind of thought, you know, this is Strasbourg making a push for the top six or top five, as it may be, with European places. But obviously, as we discussed previously and, and a number of times on the pod in, in, in previous editions, that 
having made the the Coot League final, they they rightly switched their focus to that. And whether it was intentional or not, that was the case. And if that hadn't happened, perhaps if they'd lost that semi-final, then we'd see them up above Montpellier and challenging maybe Marseille, maybe even Saint Etienne in in the top six because they're capable of, of beating any team in this league as they've proven over the last two years. And that includes PSG. They're something of a bogey team for PSG. You know, got got a draw um, at home, I seem to remember, in a midweek game this this season and beat them, of course, last year. So they're, they're capable of causing anybody anybody issues. And and had it not been for that Coupe de Lille distraction, they, they could have been, you know, 10 points better off. They're on 44, Marseille are on 54. The, 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 way those, the way Marseille have been playing, um, over the last sort of 10, 15 games, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Strasbourg if they were to be able to, you know, if they were, had fully focused on on Liga to, to to be eight points better off, you know, ten points maybe, given given some of the games they lost, you know, they they didn't win in eight games in a row after qualifying for that, yeah, Europe, that uh, Coupe de Ligue final, sorry. So um, they're capable of these kind of performances and they're capable of of, of putting teams away and 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 it, now they're back to focusing on the league. They're showing that again. And although the Escherite, they absolutely do concede quite a few goals. And you, you look at the the against column and, you know, Khan have only in second, second bottom of the league have only conceded four more goals than them. Um, and and uh, Amion as well down there have only conceded five more goals than them. But they, they score goals and, and uh, with with Jork in, in good form and, and a lot of creativity, they're a difficult proposition. And, and I think Amion, although they're pretty decent at home, Amion will be better anyway, will we'll struggle here because... Strasbourg are the type of team that will be able to to, to pick them off and and will will use the ball better than them perhaps, um and and maybe maybe just more clinical. So tough game for Amion, but yeah, Strasbourg are playing without any 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 inhibitions, I should say, and that it should be an exciting one. Yeah, that should be sort of the worry for Amion because, like we say, they they are able to score goals even though they've only scored twenty eight this season. I think that's more of a reflection of players being out, but they have conceded forty eight, which is more than Con. It's it's more than most teams in in league other than Monaco, Dijon, and Gangom. So that's got to be a real worry for them because Strasbourg have got goals everywhere at the moment, really. Like you say, as York's been been great form, he's sort of filled in the boots of Lebo Matiba, who sort of called off in the second half of the season and at the same time they've got goals through they've got two from Gonçalves in these last four games two from Nuno da Costa in these last four games they've they've kind of got a, someone getting involved everywhere across the pitch Thomason's available for a goal really he's got um, a fair amount this season I mean like we've already mentioned Matiba is a is capable of getting the goals I mean you look across the list da Costa's got eight Jacques's got eight Matiba's got nine Thomason's got five, uh, Gonçalves has got five, Sissoko's got three. They just got players that are willing to score goals. Jonas Martin's got three. I know he sometimes takes the penalties as well. Kenny Lala's got his his four goals, including his his nine assists, which is incredible for a right back. They're just willing to go at teams, and and the thing is, is especially sort of disregarding this game at least anyway for a moment for them. But they've got sort of the bare bones, like we've mentioned before, of a of a real team here. If they can find some defensive solidity if they can get a little bit more help for Matt Sells who has had a, a decent season at least anyway and Binguru Kamara has been good as well in the in the cup games when they they went on the run as well so they've got two decent goalkeepers if they can find a little bit more solidity um say a, a centre-back or so because Lemine Kone is a, is a good centre-back if you can find a another one to pair him with that's a bit more consistent if you can find a nice solid defensive midfielder as well to sit in front of that back four and, and provide some more protection in front of um, players that they've got in those areas like Thomas and Gonçalves, Perchich, Martin who are maybe a bit more 
offensive minded, um, they could be a really good side next season and, and not just um, sort of sitting in mid table or competing for cups. Well, they could be competing for cups again and and even a, a Europa League place. Uh, predictions on this one, then I'll start off on, the, on this game, Adam, and I, I think this is going to be close. I think. Uh, I, I think it'll be two one Strasbourg. I think they're in a in a nice vein of form at the moment, and with Amiens maybe a bit more nervy, like you say, without Godosh for for a little while, it, it might be another game that puts them on the knife edge a little bit. What do you think the score will be? Yeah, I think uh, it'd be an interesting. I'm going to say two each though. It was tempting the draw, I think, but <laughs> I'm going for one winner at least because the real interesting game this weekend in Liga, at least anyway, is is also on Sunday, and that's. Um, as they host Dijon in their first of their double header against the two teams above them, one above and one below them at least. And Con, we mentioned on the pod on on on, uh, on Monday that they are the the cockroach of Liga because they just won't die. And they we mentioned before Adam how they just pick up those wins just when they need them the most. And much like their victory against Monaco away from home. The victory at Nice had the sort of same similar DNA of of nicking the win when they possibly didn't really deserve it and Nice had plenty of chances as well um, and <laughs> much like uh, Jez mentioned on Monday if if they do end up staying up they've got um, a good chunk of thanks to give to Bruce Samba after his couple of games to win them those three points but they've got to where they need to be they're in touching distance only two points behind Dijon ahead of this massive double header for them and it's got to give him a little bit of confidence hasn't it? Yeah, it really, really does, and um, they, are, they, they, you're right. They, as 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 we said previously, they are kind of difficult to get rid of, and um, I think that 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 win against Nice, as you said, as you said, is is huge. It's absolutely massive, and it was a bit of a shock as well because Nice are pretty pretty decent at home. They don't concede many goals. Con perhaps don't score too many, and and Nice was kind of been plodding away this season, and that just looked like a maybe a one nil to Nice, a one nil Nice win, not probably. A lot of people would have would have would have not been surprised by by you know a narrow Nice win, but the fact that Con have, have have done this again, you know they they went to Monaco, a, a team that they they were expected to be beaten by given the the resurgence under Jardim, and went there and won one nil. The fact that they're capable of this type of performance and, and doing it without Fire uh, uh, as well, who who's been fantastic for them this season, who was suspended last week, is is a real plus. And you know, although they might be a team down the bottom of the table that I think that those three teams are perhaps given a little bit of a little bit of a hard time and, and there's still some some ability in in those three sides and I would back any of them based on the state of league to, to win to win the, the relegation player final which which I still imagine one of them will, will end up in and you, you look at players like Fire and Jiku is a very good defender right? if they got relegated I imagine that he'd be straight back into league and Frederick Gilbert is a player we talked about a lot um, on his way to Aston Villa, I seem to remember. Um, um, it's just that they struggled to score goals, and and the fact that Samba made that penalty save from Pierre, it was Pierre Lee's Malou's penalty, I think, will give with will give the team a, a lot of confidence because if they can if they can keep teams out, then then that's kind of job one for them because they're not going to score many goals, and and the fact that they've won these two away games one nil really underlines that. So. The fact that they've it wasn't a fluke, you know, they they've gone to another team that they were expected to, to be beaten by and get a, a narrow one 0 win. Um, they'll they'll fancy themselves between the hour and the end of the season to to sneak into that that playoff place because apart from anything else, those players I've mentioned, it shows that there's some character still left in in this team and that 
they're, they're still fighting and they're still capable of, of causing an upset and, and fighting their way to, to safety. So, yeah, absolutely massive result against Nice last week and, and it'll give them a lot of confidence going forward. Yeah, it's, you can't underestimate how big that game was for them, really, especially combined with Dijon's result more than anything, because if they don't win that game, they're, they're not two points behind, they're five points behind, with Dijon having a great chance to put them eight points behind and pretty much relegate them regardless of the kind of results they could get, really, because this double header is going to be enormous for them. It's going to matter whether they stay up or not, but they wouldn't have even been in that position if they didn't get the victory against Nice. It was it was absolutely um, can't really understate that. And like I say, they've got the game against Gangon. You look at the fixture list. Maybe the Bordeaux one is another one where they can maybe get points. I can't see them getting anything against Reims or or Leon if Leon haven't confirmed their sort of Champions League place by then. At least anyway. The, you can't imagine Leon slipping again, but at the same time, he can't come do like facing these big teams away from home. It seems like at the moment, but uh, they are going to stick around. They're going to be a tough proposition. And the strange thing, really thinking about it, uh, Adam is for Dijon is they're probably going to have to break them down, which will seem very unusual for them. It's usually them having to do the defending and they've been excellent at counter-attacking this past couple of weeks with seven points from nine and especially against that game at the weekend against Wren where they, they obviously won the game with a with a counter-attack at the end and some ice-cold finishing from Wesley Said as well to get the three points. But they look like a completely different team over these last three weeks after mumbling around, even especially through 2019 where it looked like they were probably the favourites out of the three to go down because of their form, but Kumbori has found a way to turn it around. Yeah, he really has. Um, sort of belatedly, you, you, I, this is the kind of Dijon I expected, maybe not with this level of performance and the results they've been getting, you know, being Leon, being Ren, but this is the Dijon I expected when Kumbari took over and it's, it has happened, but very sort of belatedly, you know, he's, he's a very well-respected coach, very experienced coach, um, and has has had some great success at various clubs. You know, managed PSG, uh, had some great success at Gangon before they sold all the best players over the summer and, and really dropped off this season. And and I when they when they signed him, I thought this is Dijon safe. You know, I felt like they they had enough to to stay up under Kambari. And it's it's taken <clears throat> excuse me, it's taken far too long for 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 them to to click under him and to find some sort of cohesion. Uh, and and to, to to continue to to pick up points as they did last season under Delalio when when they were really exciting to watch and were fantastic at home, so um, yeah I think that that they'll they'll definitely fancy themselves here and and they'll probably be the owners will probably be on them the way that Con play to to go out and try and try and win this game because as you mentioned there a defeat for Con here is disastrous you know you go into the last four weeks five points from safety or five points from the relegation playoff having lost to your nearest rival, you know, Gangon possibly could even overhaul them. Um, a defeat would be disastrous. So there's no way that even though they're at home, given that they don't score too many goals, just mentioned they're going to come out and attack. So, um, yeah, the, the onus, as you mentioned here, will be on Dijon to, to break them down. And I think that the players they've got, although perhaps not of late, you know, they haven't shown that of late, they, they showed it a lot last season, that they are capable of doing that. And, and that would be a position that I, I would imagine that they'll sort of play into. They'll probably... Um, probably expect a, a you know a low block ish from from Khan and a counter attack from them, um, so I imagine that they'll, they'll be ready for that and and they'll fancy themselves to, to break them down. You know players like Niem Sliti and and uh, Kwan hasn't been starting recently, but he's he's a dangerous player off the bench. Samaritano is another dangerous player off the bench. I like Wesley Said. He's he's got some creativity and capable of breaking teams down. 
and and they'll go there as favourites for me, uh, despite Con's miraculous away wins. Um, but Con have got got those wins by by sitting deep and they're not in two big games as well. And I imagine they'll do it again here. But um, yeah, I think you're 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 right. This is this is this is much later than than we we thought, and they finally found that that form that we were expecting from them a little while ago, perhaps. Yeah, and you mentioned it perfectly there, Adam, that you, you're really f- frustrated by some of these really good players last season and players we expected to sort of kick on and, and even maybe get moves in the, this summer because they were really excellent last season. Name City was superb, but had a, a pretty poor and quiet World Cup and has come back and been maybe half the player he was last season. Uh, you can sort of mitigate uh, Quan Chang Hoon sort of dip um, to a new manager not playing him as much as well like say a lot of appearances off the bench and also that serious injury he suffered right at the end of last season that curtailed it because he was excellent last season a real spark plug for them and and Tavares as well as it's just not been the, the finisher he was last season really it's the fact that they're missing these sort of spark plugs because we mentioned last season how much they were great at sort of being a buzzing team. They were active, and when they were on the counter attack, they were just frightening because they were they were always just so active. They'd be at your heels. They would they would be running at you at pace and and trickery and and willingness to to attack you. And that's just sort of seemed to have left them. The confidence of the that season is, is they're bereft of it at the moment. And they'll be thankful Wesley side could hit a bit of form that, like you say, they're that they've got some experienced players around them. Florent Baumont's been playing a little bit more recently as well to, to give them that bit of leadership they maybe need. Jano got the goal at the weekend as well. It's good to see him scoring a, a nice finish again. It's been a little while since he scored a, a pretty goal a, 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 like he did um, similar. To, I think it was the PSG game last season, wasn't it? I think he scored the the really wonderful goal. But yeah, it's, yeah, just, it was, yeah. it's just a bit frustrating that they've they've got that out of those three for me. They've got players that are have got the ability. I mean, even at the back, I mean. We've barely mentioned Valentin Rosier's name this season, and he was linked with the, the bigger clubs in Ligue 1, especially like Lyon and, and Marseille, and it doesn't look like he's going to be anywhere near those sort of positions. Same with Shafiq, and it just is disappointing. I know they've lost uh, Rene, obviously, but he's not had the greatest season to lose really more than anything, but it just feels like there's going to be one game where they, they all click in it. Uh, to me, with that game, knowing how important that game is to to Cole and the fact that it will pretty knock them out of contention if they do, and with winnable games really to come, Nantes, Strasbourg, PSG, who've already won the league, and and to lose to finish the season, there's certainly winnable games at, at further down the line. There's certainly some more chances at three points, and if they can beat Cole, they know that they've got four games and they can pick up three points somewhere within there and make themselves, if not relegation playoff even potentially safe so it's it's enormous for them but uh, so i can't think of a bigger game this weekend across europe really to be fair uh, adam between two sides in particular uh, this stage of a season um what's your prediction on the score in this one i think dijon go there and get a win uh one nil it's actually a bad game for gangon because at this sort of this type, type of the at this end of the season at this end of the league you kind of expect your rivals to lose but they know that they'll either both get points or one of them will get three points, which is actually a pretty bad situation to be in, given that they're behind them both. So it could be a potentially bad one for Dijon, but uh, for Gangon, sorry, but uh, Dijon won their win for me. 
Yeah, I, I'm going for a 2-1 win. Uh, I, I think it's it, it just feels like Dijon have got the result. And I, I do feel sorry for Kat and Gengel. They have to, they absolutely have to get something at Nice, don't they? And Nice are at least a team that's going to give you opportunities, but they need to put the other game out of their mind, get three points and hope that they're still within touching distance of someone when they when they face Colin next weekend because they are in a world of trouble at the moment. Um, on to our final game this weekend and uh, going backwards off really to, back to uh, to Friday because uh, at the top end of the table Leon will be going away to Bordeaux because Leon haven't quite secured their Champions League service and Saint-Étienne biting at their heels and some absolutely enormous games coming up for them soon they've got Lille next weekend and Marseille the weekend after in a, an absolutely gigantic double header for them which could go either way depending on the result here really because they got a good win against Angers, uh, Angers. they were tuning up for a long period of time and, and didn't let it slip this time and Bordeaux have been a bit indifferent recently but especially if they get a victory here it means that that game against Lille depending on their result is not looking at trying to stave off losing that game and allowing someone else to catch them but more in essence of there's maybe a, 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 sli- a slimmer of a chance at least anyway of them even catching Lille and getting that automatic Champions League place Yeah quite it, it's still possible I think that given Lille's result last week although Lille were very unfortunate I, what I thought was a ludicrous VAR decision that's, that prevented them probably winning the game there was a um, where uh, it was a handball was involved and, and they, they'd scored and it was it was eventually disallowed very harsh I thought um, although you know they so they they even though they beat PSG very handsomely they're capable of dropping points and last last week's result for for Lyon against uh, Angers will be you know will buoy them quite significantly given that I was I was ready to say that um, Saint-Étienne were, were favourites for the third place because. The way that they've kind of capitulated and and uh, with with the situation with Genesio that he was offered a, he was supposed to be being offered a contract then they lost that semi final to Rennes and that was withdrawn and then you know they were going to they were going to decide it in the season and now Genesio is saying that he's he's definitely going to leave and fans have been protesting against him for a long time and it's kind of just a toxic feeling around the club I just felt that although they have a, a, a significant uh, this stage of the season points advantage that. Given that a terrible defeat to Dijon and and the way they played the following week, that there was a, there was a definite slide happening at, at, at Lyon, and that um, they could easily be overhauled by a Sanetian team in form. But it's funny how you know one weekend changes everything. Um, although Sanetian is still only three points back, and and you know are still gathering momentum, brilliant win at Rons last week. That that those three points were massive for Leon, uh, even though they were perhaps against the side they would expect to beat, who are in mid table and haven't got much to play for, and you know going to the park, coming to Parkwell, they would expect to beat pretty much anyone. Um, the the steadying of the ship can't be underestimated, if you like. So um, even though that even though they've got Sinetian sort of biting at the heels, perhaps that win, Genesio re- recovers some confidence. The the squad sort of think. You know, this is the last few games under the current manager. We're playing for Champions League football. We're playing for contracts. We're playing for moves. We're playing to impress the next manager. There are there are things that both on a collective and an individual basis that we need to, to work towards. Um, who knows? Lille drop off. Um, the, 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 the Leon could possibly be there to to, to pick up the pieces and, and snatch a second place. And although we talk about top three as 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 Champions League places. 
given that the top four leagues get four automatic group stage places, the second place in league is massive because you don't have to qualify. Although that's not as as qualifying isn't as hard as it used to be, there's still a huge difference in terms of pre-season. You don't have to come back as early. You can focus on the league, you know, going straight into group stages. You haven't got this intense two-legged game, maybe two sets of two-legged games. I'm not, I can't remember which which group ground round that France France's third place team goes into this year. But you've got that that distraction at the start of the season that can offset your season if you lose you've suddenly lost the biggest thing that you've been working for towards the whole season previously so that difference between second and third is actually pretty massive um and leon will be will be desperate to, to overhaul Lille if they can and like i said after that narrow win over on perhaps confidence will return and perhaps they'll, they'll fancy themselves to overhaul Lille. six points with five games left is going to be tough given the way that Lille have played over the course of the year but who knows um if they win all those games, Lille could easily drop those points, given that how competitive the league is behind PSG. So they'll they'll be they'll be hopeful again, and 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 that win made all the difference. Yeah, I'm pretty certain how it works now. Leon are in the third qualifying stage, ah, okay. which is the the one before the groups. And there's a play- the group stage. Is there not a playoff round as well? Or is that just because there's two there's two routes? There's like a league route and then um, like a league winners route and then um, um, everybody else route, if you like. I'm not sure which one has the playoff round, but I threat think- is so, yeah, it's all over there. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they they fall in the round just before the group stages. I think nice. whatever they, okay. whatever they name it now, it's it's strange, but mm. it's also over the place. I, I remember reading earlier that uh Pauk, who've just won the greek league have to sort of sit in that same qualifying group which is uh seems a little bit strange to me but uh, nonetheless it it's a strange scenario really for for leon because like you say that second place is absolutely enormous and it's probably bigger well it's probably it's big for both teams but i think thinking of it really leon would prefer to probably even finish out in fourth rather than third if, if they had to and, and finish second if they can because we don't know what this team's going to look like next season there's rumors that three four five six players could be going out of this team when genesio leaves they'll they'll see that as the perfect time for them to go i'm i'm imagining fakir probably moves on to pastures new depay will be looking for yet another money rolling move and i'm sure many neon fans won't be too disappointed to see the back of him there's rumors that uh, dumbele's agents have been meeting real madrid uh, uh, today, so it looks like he's pretty much guaranteed a, a move as well. And then you look at maybe some of the Deadwood. You're thinking maybe uh, one of the right backs in like a Rafael or a Kenny Tete probably moving on. You think some of the experienced players like Morel may may move on as well. Uh, you'd expect Corne to probably get a move somewhere. It's maybe not as glamorous as he once wished, but he's not getting the game time to really improve it at the age he's at. And and you're thinking that. Um, when you add those all together, really, it could be a completely different team next season. I mean, the, the, they're supposedly looking at Ben Godfrey at, at Norwich as well, who's a, an excellent young defender, although whether he'll be tempted away when he's got a chance at, at Premier League riches as well is is maybe a little bit difficult to fathom unless Champions League football can tempt him. But it could be a completely different team next season. Uh, you could you could imagine a scenario where the front line changes from Fakir, um, uh, Fekir, Depay and, and Traore to just uh, Dembele um, Terrier and, and even maybe Aoua pushed forward in, in that scenario where all three of those go so in all honesty them finishing third and having to bed a new team into a game that you absolutely need to win to, to get into the group stages will kind of be a half nightmare scenario for them if they get someone 
that's experienced, that's maybe even won their league, it's going to be a really difficult game for them to try and traverse. And I'm not saying it wouldn't be for Lille either, but it's, it's going to be a really interesting time in the summer, depending on where they finish, because I don't know if they maybe would far the fancier an automatic go into the Europa League and maybe a competition they can win with a with a young, interesting side and, and get that summer off. But I'm sure they'd rather take Champions League football regardless. But uh, on to Bordeaux quickly, Adam, they've we thought they'd sort of turned a corner when they beat Marseille that that uh, Paulo Sosa's message was starting to get through and this this club would would show us something different in the last couple of games of the season and some of these players would would um, hit an apex but that's not really been the case they were thumped by Saint-Étienne and in all honesty Nîmes were the much better side in their 2-1 victory at the weekend and it's just a more of a damning indictment not of Sosa who's obviously not been long there long enough to uh, do it but of this squad because we expected some kind of reaction with a new manager appointment, but there's been zero no new manager bounce and this team needs a overhaul. It really does. And it's really disappointing. You're absolutely right. There hasn't been any new manager bounce at all. It's, it's really just more of the same. And um, although, you know, uh, I kind of felt like Ricardo Gomez and Eric Bedway's kind of partnership was, was a little bit temporary anyway, uh, after Poyet left, um, I, although they, they, I think that Gomez's contract extended beyond the season. I didn't see it lasting that long. Um, you would have, you would have felt that that this, the introduction of Sosa would be a sizable step up in in managerial quality, in experience, um, in in know how, and in being able to get the best out of uh, this squad. And that hasn't proven the case. And I think that the the, the the club as a whole is in a real malaise at the moment. You know, attendances are down. Fans are really. Not sort of there isn't unrest in the there really is unrest, but there isn't the unrest in the classic sense that like we've seen at Leon and and Toulouse maybe recently uh, at other clubs. They just seem really depressed. It just seems like a really down kind of atmosphere that they've had since Willy Sagnol's reign. I would imagine that they've 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 had almost exactly the same scenario where they threatened to do well. They somehow fought their way back into Europe. They've had sort of three or four months of playing okay, and then it's all fallen apart again. And that manager's been sacked, and that that keeps happening. And the way that Sosa started it, it, it almost feels like more of the same. So I kind of wouldn't blame them given their, you know, they're a big club. They won the league 10 years ago. Um, and um, they've, they've, they've won a number of trophies and they're a, a historic team and, and they, they've become to expect much better than, than the way the team have been playing in the last four or five years. So I think for Sosa, you're absolutely right. The squad needs an overhaul. Absolutely. And, and we'll see that in the summer with the new American investors involved you know they they supposedly committed quite a lot to transfers over the next three three seasons, and they're going to focus on younger players, which will at least from fans' point of view will hopefully bring some exciting raw talent into the club and 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 bolster the the quality of the team, which is is lacking at the moment. And we've seen Josh Mad Josh Madger came in, who's unfortunately after his first goal with with his first shot, I think, in Ligue 1, uh, last week away at Nîmes, his his season's over after a bit of a knee injury, but. He's the type of player that they can expect more of, I would imagine, uh, over the summer. And it's just where they prioritise because Sosa looks intent on playing three four three or playing three centre backs with a, you know any sort of variation on on setup from from there. And um, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of dependent on who they lose over the course of the summer. You may, Joel Kunde has been absolutely brilliant uh, this season. Only twenty, he could go at centre back. Um, he'd be very difficult to replace. Um, uh, you imagine Francois Camano will go somewhere very close to Monaco in the winter, didn't leave, but you imagine he'll go. Uh, Jan Caramo's 
um, deal, your loan deal is up. Uh, Samuel Callow, I imagine, will be around, but he's a player that that well, they will you know put a quite a high fee on, and if they get a decent bid, will go as well. So it's kind of trying to balance those levers with exciting young talent and trying to to fill the the gaps in the squad that already exists and not create too many by selling those players. So it, it's going to be really interesting to, interesting to see what the state of the squad is come September the first uh, after the summer because with Sosa's impact with with the new owners. There could be a lot of change and it, it could go really well. You know, the, the um, French clubs have proven of late that they're capable of scouting fantastic players and, and like Nice, for example, on a low budget. Um, but it's capable of going um, completely wrong. And so Monaco have proven the opposite, that you you, you can go too far one way and focus on youth, youth team players and, and then lacking the experience to, to bring them along. And it can be um, the, the, the club, the, the, the squad doesn't gel and there's no cohesion like we saw under Thierry Henry with young players being thrown in and, and um, lacking experience and, and having no sort of understanding. So they've got to be really careful to to, to not become like Monaco were and, and try and emulate Nice. And that's not an easy feat, you know. Um, the, the, they did fantastically well to do to to, to complete to, to, to compete at the top of the league as they did under Lucien Favre. So Bordeaux have a long way to go and I think if you look at the 20 league and clubs or if, assuming that well the ones that stay up anyway obviously the, the ones that get relegated would be slightly different but the ones that stay up, they're the club that are most in flux and we don't really know what to expect from them going forward and and they'll probably then be the most interesting to watch over the summer as a result so interesting times ahead and uh, from, from, a, from a fan's point of view for that for if i was a bordeaux fan i i just want to see exciting football i'd want to get the crowds back in i'd want to see them fill the map with atlantic which they rarely do and pretty much only do when psg and maybe Marseille come come to visit. So it's because it's a great stadium and, and it was great at the Euros when it was full for, for knockout games and the like. So I, I think that, that that's kind of, I think I, I may have mentioned this before on the pod, but that's really the the, the, the crux of the, the issue for them is to get the club back in a positive frame of mind and, and push on next season. Yeah, and I think you hit the, the nail on the head, Adam, when you mentioned that to not sway too far one way because I think the most important thing you can tell from Bordeaux, especially in 2019, is they lack leaders. Um, they lack any sort of sense of responsibility for their players because there's players like Yan Caramo, who's had his own troubles off the field, really, with the club in recent times, who's a fair view out of you attitude. And you think even back to last season, the, the craziness with, with Malcolm and the like, who, uh, and with the sort of little parties and bits like that that ill discipline uh, seeped in and you can see it even in the game they won against Marseille uh, the experienced defender Pablo got himself sent off for something absolutely asinine really and unforgivable for someone of his experience and that just smells of me that they need a real leader joining the club they need to have a look at yes players they can invest in and and, and take for the future but character is more important as well as uh, they need someone who can help nurture these young players and teach them the right ways to to act and behave both on and off the field because it seeped into the club this season and admittedly if they didn't have that little bit of sprinkle of, of quality that they've got they would be in real trouble especially after i mean if they, if they didn't have that excellent sort of well, decent start to the to the season after they'd gone out of europe they would have been in real trouble because if you look back they've had they had two wins in in january they had the one win in February. They had the one win in April. That's four wins in 2019. And that's, in most cases, relegation form. And that's not 
anywhere near good enough. They need experience. They need to be whipped into shape. And I'm sure Paulo Sosa will be ready to be wielding that hacks in the summer. What do you think the score will be in this one, Adam? Um, this is he's an interesting one, but I, I, I still think maybe this is a game that suits Leon. I'm going to say 3-1 Leon. I think Bordeaux get out of hiding in this one. I think this is going to be a 5-0 for Leon and give them some real confidence boost to, for that game against Leon. I, 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 I honestly, looking at Bordeaux's games coming up, they've got Angers, Lille, Reims and Caen to finish the season. I, I think that only that last game they might pick up some points, really. I think they, they're they're really showing a, a, a lack of fight, really, for this end of the season. And Sosa's got a lot of bad apples to, to take out of that team. Uh, that's all the, from us this week. My thanks to Adam and all of you listening at home. Uh, do join us for the main show, which will be back on Monday, looking at who won the Coupe de France final. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football. <laughs>